Let's talk streaming services. I think we all love streaming services. I was just watching um, a movie last night on Netflix. Well, recently, the Wall Street Journal uh, reported that Netflix Netflix plans to raise the price of its ad-free service a few months after the continuing Hollywood actor strike ends. Uh, It would be the latest in a series of recent price increases by many of the country's largest streaming platforms in Canada and the U.S. as well. Now, the streaming service, uh, in this case Netflix, is discussing raising prices in several markets globally, but will likely begin in the U.S. and Canada first, uh, the Wall Street Journal reports. Now, over the past year or so, the cost of major ad-free streaming services has gone up by 25%. Joining me to talk a little bit about Netflix's pending uh, price increase is Andy Brar, tech and digital lifestyle expert at HandyAndyMedia.com. Happy Thanksgiving, Andy. Happy Thanksgiving, Jazz. And no better way to say happy Thanksgiving than, hey, here's another price hike for streaming, another streaming service. So why do you think Netflix is doing this? I think what's going to happen after this actor strike is over, because the writer strike just ended, but the actor strike is still ongoing. But once it ends, Hollywood is going to be a lot different than it ever was. This is a monumental shift for Hollywood. And the actors know that. And that's why a big concern has to do with AI, their name, their image, their likeness, their voice. Because the studios, you know, we've we've talked about like CGI or like CGI in movies for a long time. But what happens when CGI and AI get together? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be a big shift. And the actors know it. That's why they're striking. And Netflix knows that things are going to change after this is over. And there might be a consolidation, I think, in that industry uh, after the strike is over. And they still need to make money. And of course, they're going to make it by charging us more. So we've had inflation. This is an example of streamflation that we're going to see that is happening across all the other streaming platforms as well. Uh, There was also a talk in that Wall Street Journal report that it's most likely that Amazon will also raise prices. Um, It's upcoming as well. Uh, And Amazon, that's not even their core business. Their core business is is selling us detergent and books and everything else on Amazon. Um, Is this also a case? Do you think that maybe these streaming companies have sort of hit their limit in regards to people wanting to sign up and they're looking at their own family budget going, wait a minute, uh, why do I need to be paying for this, uh, for this streaming service and that streaming service? Do you think the streaming service have just matured as a, as a, as a sector now that people said, okay, that's enough? Yes, absolutely. This sector has matured. You know, we used to talk about cord cutters, people who would cut their cable and then just get a Netflix subscription. But then you had Amazon Prime, then you had Disney Plus, you had Apple TV Plus, you had so many more choices. Now, the majority of the way that people are consuming content is on these streaming platforms. But like you mentioned, with inflation and the cost of all of these, you really can't afford to have it. And so what did we do? We were sharing our passwords. We were bartering with different family members. I'll give you my Netflix subscription. You give me your Disney Plus. But now all of them are cracking down on passwords. We talked about that with Netflix doing that earlier. Disney Plus is now doing that in Canada as well. But they still have to make their money. So they really have two ways. One is to stop the password sharings to increase you know, their subscribers. And two is to offer ad-supported models. So if you can't afford you know, the, their, their high-end different plans, you can still get it, but you're going to have to watch some ads. Um, that's how that's how the industry is is going, and unfortunately, the the costs are going to go to the consumer, and the consumers just can't afford it. So, 
we're going to have to start looking at alternatives uh, to actually having to pay a monthly fee to watch all of these TV and movies that we love. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I had uh, the Paramount Network uh, for a couple of months, but there were only like two or three shows I wanted to watch. And I, it was yeah. uh, one of those uh, uh, moments where they said, oh, you can get it for half price for two or three months. And I said, oh, let's check it out. And there's a few shows I really liked, watched them. And I said, you know, it's not worth it. So I canceled that. And as of, I think it was the other day, my Apple uh, subscription ran out. And I'm not really going to rush back to, to sign up because I still have Disney, I have Amazon, and I have Netflix. That alone, um, and Crave as well. And I think that's way too much already. I mean, I think that we're almost getting to that point where it's, it, it's sort of like you're absolutely right. We're going to have to lose some streaming services or they're going to have to merge in some way. Yes, but there are different new streaming services like Pluto TV. That came out, I believe, earlier this year. And I don't know if you've tried it, Jazz. It's actually pretty good. It feels almost like traditional TV, but they kind of have like older television content. For example, I found MacGyver on there. And so I was like, wow, I'm going to watch that. Like, I haven't watched that since I was a kid. And as an adult, I'm like, how does he save the day with like a pencil and like some bubble gum? So, you know, it, it, it made me realize that you know, maybe I could live without Netflix. There are alternatives. Of course, you have YouTube, but you're going to have to watch ads unless you get their uh, monthly fee. Mm -hmm. But there are alternatives out there for us. And the other thing that I wonder, Jazz, is what about piracy? Are people going to go back to, to pirating all of this content? Because like you said, you will. A lot of people join a streaming service just to watch a particular TV show or a movie series, and once they're done, they have no loyalty to that streaming service. They'll cancel it and then move on to something else. I think we're, so, we're. I think you're right, and I think we're actually probably going to move towards when you sign up for one of these things. You sign up for a year. You don't get the yeah. month by month anymore because that, yeah. that that leads to a lot of churn, right? And none of these companies uh, want to see that. Do you have any idea how many? subscription services uh, you actually pay for monthly? Yeah, I've got that number down pretty good, Jazz. And the way I did it is I actually changed my credit card. And so then I get all these ah. email notifications where it's like, oh, you have to, you know, we're trying to charge you here, but you can't. So I took that as an opportunity to try to reduce uh, the subscription services because you have to remember, it's not just the entertainment platforms like Spotify and say Netflix. It's also productivity tools that have gone to the subscription service. So Microsoft Office 365, that's an annual subscription. Mm -hmm. I used Adobe Creative uh suite you know for editing videos and photoshop that's a subscription yeah if you if you want to store and everybody has a smartphone all of your photos get stored in apple icloud or in with google play that's a subscription so it gets out of control and we don't realize it jazz because it automatically gets billed on our credit card and often we miss it so people really don't realize how many subscription services they're actually subscribed to uh, and if you tally it up it hurts. It hurts to see that number. Yeah, I actually went through a bit of a purge. I'm just going through what I have. I have four streaming services. I have uh, satellite radio. Uh, I also have five newspapers. And then I have um, a, a Spotify for music as well. So, And I've had to cut back on some. And even now, this seems way too high as I tell you how much I have. I actually feel pretty bad. That's not that great. Do you think we've hit that wall now, though, that the, where people are going, wait a minute here. I really got to start cutting back on some of this stuff. Absolutely. And I think what you have to do is get the low-hanging fruit, you know, like what, you know, entertainment services can I cut? So 
I think now with the password crackdown, Netflix increasing the prices, a lot of people might start entertaining what life is like without Netflix. You know, a lot of millennials, they've grown up with Netflix, but people who, you know, had traditional cable, they know what life was like pre-Netflix and they might start considering going back because when you look at the price of streaming services, cable TV is starting to look pretty good, you know, as a price <laughs> for what you get. So no, we kind of went full circle. What's well, interesting for my, my, my cable bill, uh, I pay $60 a month, but that includes my Netflix subscription yes. and my Crave. And then it also, I get all the sports channels, which a big sports fan, plus all the basic local cable and, you know, the showcases and home and garden for 60 bucks. That's not bad. Actually, you don't need anything else really. Yeah. And, and I, I actually tell people, I'm, I'm what, what you call a cord never jazz. A lot of millennials are this, where they've grown their whole life without actually getting a cable subscription. Mm-hmm. So I've never paid for cable. But in this day and age, you know, I'm looking at the prices of that compared to getting, you know, a couple of streaming services. They, they kind of add up. So it actually might be a good idea. And that's why I think you'll see col- consolidation in Hollywood because they understand that we can't afford to have all of these different streaming services. Something's got to give. And the fact that now sports is being streamed, you know, I'm a huge boxing fan. And there's been talks that they're making a deal with Amazon Prime for all the big, big fights to be streamed on that platform. That just shows you that there's a big seismic shift happening in the entertainment world, not just with movies and TV shows, but now sporting. So it's like, what, what is the future of cable TV if you start to lose sports and say live news to streamers? I think that might just be the way we consume content I in the near future. Yeah, it's interesting because for sports like ESPN, which has major TV rights, those TV rights uh, for sports rights goes away. Those athletes don't make the money that they make. But someone's saying if you had to on its own, if if ESPN was streaming with actually no TV revenue, just on its own, you, they would have to charge $50 a month just for yeah. an ESPN app to have access to the footballs and the basketballs and the hockey and everything else. That's a lot of money. So I don't think they actually have it figured out in regards to what the business model of the future is, whether it's streaming alone or whether it's uh, streaming mixed with traditional TV and advertising. I think it's all sort of up in the air, but uh, they, they just cannot keep raising prices the way they are. Something's got to give along the way, that's for sure. Uh, Andy, thank you for, t- for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Chaz.